All right, so last week we started a brand new three-part series looking at the theme of prayer. And we're breaking that down into praying to the Father, through the Son, and by the Spirit. Do you believe in prayer? Do you believe that it's powerful? Good. That is a good place for us to begin with, because if we think it's a futile endeavor, then why on earth would we would we bother? But, you know, I believe that we've got a loving father who hears our prayers. He hears our prayers. And I believe firmly that prayer works. And last week we looked at this theme of praying to the father. We talked about prayer being an act of worship where we're giving him the glory and the honor that he deserves. And we talk about it being an opportunity for us to come in uh, repentance and confession of the things that we have done wrong, uh, humbling ourselves to a place where we just acknowledge that we need our Heavenly Father. And then we talked about giving our requests to God, not from a selfish heart, but from a selfless heart, where we just offer up um, our request to God and trust in Him that He not only hears our prayers, but He responds to our prayers because He loves us, because He loves us. You know, God never forgets a single prayer. He never forgets what we have prayed, even though we might forget. I don't know if you can remember what you prayed when you were a teenager or maybe even just last week. I don't know. But God doesn't forget our prayers. There may be something that's happened to you even this week because of something you prayed 10, 20, 30 years ago, because that is how amazing God is. He doesn't forget what we pray. We don't pray without purpose. We pray with an understanding and with a knowledge and with the truth that he hears our prayers and that his timing is perfect. So I want to encourage you this morning right from the outset. Let's keep on praying. Let's keep on stacking up our prayers to God. Don't quit. Don't give up. Persevering prayer prevails. That's some good alliteration right there, isn't it? Persevering prayer prevails. Come on. You know, prayer changes things. Faith can move mountains, but prayer can move God. Faith can move mountains, but prayer can move God. Let me just give you some examples of that. We're just going just gonna to lay some more foundation work before we get into the main theme of this morning. Let me give you some examples of this. In 1 Samuel chapter 1, we see a lady called Hannah. And she is a godly woman, but she is heartbroken. She is crushed because she can't have children. And in verse 10 of that chapter, we read, Hannah was in deep anguish, crying bitterly as she prayed to the Lord. And she made this vow, O Lord of heaven's armies, I will look upon, if you look upon my sorrow and answer my prayer and give me a son, then I will give him back to you. She prayed this prayer. She prayed this prayer that was out of a place of deep anguish and sorrow and heartache. And then later, as you read that story, we read that the Lord remembered her plea. He remembered what it was that she prayed. And in due time, she gave birth to a son who she named Samuel. God remembered her prayer. He remembered her prayer. In 2 Samuel chapter 24, we read that God is angry with Israel and he brings about this plague on that nation that killed 70,000 people. 
And so David, in that time, seeing the devastation of what was going on in that land, he got on his knees and he prayed to God. He pleads with him, God, punish me as the leader of these people instead of punishing the people. And then in verse 25, it says, David built an altar to the Lord and he offered burnt offerings and peace offerings. And so the Lord responded to the plea for the land and the plague was averted from Israel. Something was going on. God was angry and he was bringing out his justice on this nation. But David prayed a prayer to God and something changed. Do you know, some translations take the strength out of this verse. They say something like the Lord answered his prayer or the Lord accepted the prayers for the land. But the Hebrew phrase that's used in this verse literally means the Lord was moved by the prayer. Faith can move mountains, but prayer can move God. So in this verse, in this passage, we're told that the sovereign God who rules over everything, who is ruled by no one, was actually moved by prayer. It was actually moved by prayer. Let me just give you one more example and then we'll press on this morning. The story of Jonah. Many of us know the story of Jonah really well. Well, the the city of Las Vegas is sometimes referred to as Sin City. But in the time of Jonah, that was Nineveh. That was their title because of the way that they lived their lives. And God gave Jonah a message to deliver to this city. He said that God sees your wickedness and in 40 days, your city will be destroyed. Your city will be destroyed. And the the scriptures go on and they say that the king of this city sent out a message to all the people. And he calls for a fast. He says that no one should eat or drink. In fact, he even says that not even the animals can eat or drink during this time. He says that everyone should dress in sackcloth and they should cover themselves with ashes. It's a a sign of mourning, a sign of, of repentance and that they should turn from their wicked ways. But then the last instruction that the king of this city gives to the people is to pray. He says, yeah, you need to do all of this stuff, but finally what we need to do is pray earnestly to God. Other translations say, call out mightily. Send up a cry for help to God. And what happened? God had declared that in 40 days, this city was going to be destroyed. Was it destroyed? No, it was not destroyed because the people of Nineveh gave up their sinful living and they turned to God in prayer. God said one thing was going to happen, but then prayer happened and everything changed. Prayer changes things. It's not futile. It's not pointless. There is power in prayer. Okay, so we're going to continue this morning and we're going to look at the theme of praying through the sun. And during his ministry on earth, Jesus really loved to rock the boat with the religious folk of the time because he claimed to be God. He said, I and the Father are one. We are the same. And that is the truth. God God is one God in three persons, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. And so when we communicate with Jesus... We're communicating with God because they're one and the same. 
Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. We've got to go through the Son to get to the Father. And you know, I think this can be quite helpful because maybe the picture of God the Father can be something that some of us kind of struggle to grasp hold of and we maybe can't quite fathom what this, this almighty being looks like because he is so vast and he is so big and he is, you know, so powerful. But then you give God skin and you read about him walking on the earth and he becomes a little bit more relatable, doesn't he? He becomes something that we can maybe grasp in our finite minds what this person looks like. And so we can pray to the Father through the Son because we have a greater revelation of who he is through the person of Jesus Christ. And you know, we also pray to the Father through the Son because of the cross, because of the work of the cross. The Bible says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We have all sinned. We have all made mistakes. And without the Son, without Jesus, without the work of the cross, we deserve death. We deserve hell. We are separated from our Heavenly Father. And so when we come to the Father through the work of the cross, we can enter into his presence. We can enter into the presence of Almighty God. 1 Timothy chapter 2 puts it this way. It says, There is one God and one mediator who can reconcile God and humanity. And that's the man, Christ Jesus. He gave his life to purchase freedom for everyone. And so as our mediator, Jesus is able to bring peace and reconciliation between us and our sinful nature and God in all his holiness. He bridges that gap. He plays this role of mediator. We can only get to the Father through the Son. And not only is he our mediator, but he's also our intercessor. In Romans chapter 8, it says, Jesus is sat at the right hand of the Father and is interceding for us. 1 John 2 verse 1, we have an advocate who pleads our case before the Father. Hebrews 7.25 says that Jesus lives forever to intercede with God for us. He is there, sat next to his Father. Speaking good things about you. Speaking truth about you. What is an intercessor? You know, Paul who wrote Romans and most of the New Testament, he was an intercessor. You read the letters that Paul writes and you will see time and time again that he says, I'm praying for you. Pray without ceasing. That he is praying always with prayer and supplication. He was a man who believed in the power of prayer. And he interceded on behalf of all of these young believers from the churches that he planted across the land. These are the words of a man who understands the power of prayer. Author William Murphy Jr. says that Paul displayed five characteristics, five spiritual qualities that every intercessor must have. Courage, steadfastness, endurance, consecration, and self-sacrifice. 
And so when we read that Jesus is sat at the right hand of the Father interceding for us, he is displaying all of these qualities. And what that means is that we can come to the Father at any time. That we don't have to wait. That we don't have to hold back. That at any moment we can come to the Father through the Son into his presence because Jesus is there interceding for us. He's the one that makes it possible for us to enter into God's presence. And this idea of him being our intercessor, it it also shows us that he is always working for our good, that he's always working for our good, that in the middle of your circumstances, Jesus is there interceding for us for the strength to get through. That in the middle of our temptations, Jesus is right there interceding for us for the power to overcome. That in the middle of our struggles, Jesus is right there interceding for us for every spiritual blessing that heaven has to offer. He is interceding for us. You know, it's such a beautiful picture of someone who understands what you're going through. That he understands who you are, that he understands your struggles and that he loves you so much that he is interceding for you, that he is fighting on your behalf. And that's one of the reasons that I love this picture of Jesus, the man, God in flesh. Because he went through trials and tribulations. He faced temptation. He faced struggles. He wrestled with his humanity, even though he was God. And so when we face struggles, when we face challenges, when we go through stuff that makes us squirm and feel uncomfortable and maybe begin to doubt a load of stuff, Jesus has been there. He's gone through it. And so to hear that he is our intercessor, To hear that he is on our side, that he is fighting for us, is so much more powerful because he gets it. He gets it. He's been there. He's walked in our shoes. But why do we need it? Why do we need Jesus to be sat next to our Heavenly Father, interceding on our behalf? And the reason is because the enemy... The great accuser is whispering lies about us, is highlighting all of our failures to God. He's getting in his face and saying, they're not worthy. Look, they've messed up again. Look at that person who just keeps on making mistakes. Why bother with them? The great accuser is saying one thing. But Jesus stands in the middle. Jesus gets in the way. Jesus creates this barrier that means that those accusations, that those lies don't even make it to the ears of our Heavenly Father. Because Jesus is in the way. Jesus speaks words of truth. Jesus speaks word of grace. Jesus speaks words of love about you, about me. And so I hope that it encourages you this morning to know that you have an advocate, that you have a mediator, that you have an intercessor, that Jesus is there interceding for you, that he has got you, that he is for you, that he's in your corner. 
And you know, when we pray to the Father, we pray through the Son, but we also pray in the power of the name of Jesus. We pray in the power of the name of Jesus. And what's in a name? Proverbs 18 verse 10 tells us that the name of the Lord is a strong tower. Anyone remember that song? The righteous run into it and they're saved. Woo! <laughs> There's safety in the name of Jesus. There is security in the name of Jesus. But what happens when we pray in the name of Jesus? What happens to circumstances, to situations, to challenges, to struggles when we pray in the name of Jesus? What doesn't happen? What doesn't happen? Demons are rendered powerless in the name of Jesus. Luke 10, 17. Demons are cast out in the name of Jesus. Mark 16, verse 17. There is healing in the name of Jesus. Acts 3 verse 6, Acts 4 verse 10, James 5 verse 14 and a billion others. Salvation comes in the name of Jesus. Acts 4 verse 12, Romans 10 verse 13. We are to baptize in the name of Jesus. Matthew 28 verse 19. We're justified in the name of Jesus. 1 Corinthians 6 verse 11. And Colossians 3 17 says that whatever you do, Whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything. In what? In the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. And yet, for whatever reason, the name of Jesus has been watered down in our culture. The name of Jesus has been turned into what essentially is an everyday swear word. That is where we're at in our society today. But when it's used like that, when the name of Jesus is used in that way, there's no power. When the name of Jesus is used like that, it's stripped of all its purpose. It's stripped of all its authority. It essentially becomes worthless. But there's power in the name of Jesus. There is authority in the name of Jesus. And so when we ask, when we pray in the name of Jesus, we are praying with all of the authority of heaven. That is what we're doing. You know, when Peter and John went into the temple and they were asked by a lame man, have you got any change? Can you give me some money? What did they do? They didn't give him any money. And they certainly didn't walk on by with their heads bowed, hoping that he wouldn't see them. That is not what they did. No, Peter says to him, he says, what I have, I give to you in the name of Jesus, get up and walk. In the name of Jesus. And that's exactly what the guy did. He got up and he began to walk. And you know, this is so powerful because Peter is realizing that the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives inside of him, is working in him and through him. And so he has the authority in the name of Jesus to command this man, get up and walk. And that is what happened. You know, Peter says, I've got something that is far better than pocket change. What I've got is the power of heaven. I've got it all. I've got the authority of all of that stuff. Not in my name, not in Peter's name, but in the name of 
Jesus. And you know, shortly after they'd done this, they were in the temple and they got confronted by the Sadducees, these religious folk, and they asked Peter a question. They said, by what power or by what name are you doing these things? There must be someone that you are calling on with authority in order to be able to do this stuff. In Acts 4 verse 8, it says that Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, filled with the Holy Spirit, he said to them, rulers and elders of our people, are we being questioned today because we've done a good deed for a crippled man? Do you want to know how he was healed? Do you want to know why this has happened He says, let me clearly state to all of you and to all the people of Israel that he was healed by the powerful name of Jesus Christ, the man that you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead. For Jesus is the one referred to in scriptures where it says, the stone that you builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. There is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. Peter wasn't living with a watered down version of the name of Jesus. He wasn't banding it around like a swear word to his friends. He was living under the the knowledge that the name of Jesus has power, that the name of Jesus has authority. And so with boldness and with confidence, he spoke over this man's life, not in the name of Peter, but in the name of Jesus. And the man was healed. The man got up and began to walk. And when questioned about it, Peter didn't claim any credit. He didn't say, oh yeah, it was me. He said, it wasn't my power that made this man walk. It was by the power of the name of Jesus. Jesus gets all of the glory. Credit where credit was due. There is power in the name of Jesus. Let me give you this this thought from Philippians chapter 2. It says, Therefore God elevated him to that place of highest honour, that is Jesus. He gave him the name above all other names. That at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. You know, we know a name that is above every name. We know a name that is above every situation, that is above every circumstance, that is above every trial that we could possibly face. And that name is Jesus. Whatever we face, our first option should always be prayer. You know, we've talked about this before, haven't we? That often some of us can just like to try and fix things in our own strength. But when you're facing something, when you're struggling with something, when you're dealing with something, the first thing, the first thing that we should do is pray. You know, sometimes we say, I say this a lot. Oh, well, all we can do is pray. All we can do is pray. That is the best thing that we could possibly do. That is the best thing we should do. We should be calling on the name of Jesus. Because in his name, demons tremble. Foundations shake. Chains 
are broken. <clears throat> you know, when a sickness is identified, it is given a name. You know, we all know the name of COVID-19, don't we? It was banded around forever. Common cold, that's got a name. Arthritis, migraines, asthma, diabetes, heart disease, cancer, anxiety, depression. These are all illnesses, but they all have names. They've all got names. But there's a name that's above all other names. The name of Jesus. And so when we pray to the Father, we pray through the Son, through his power, and with his authority over anything that can be named. So now maybe we begin to look at things a little bit differently. If we can name it, we can overcome it. What else can we name? Hunger, poverty, war, unemployment, homelessness, loneliness. If you can name it, you can overcome it in Jesus' name. Because his name is above all other names. What about temptation, lust, gossiping, jealousy, comparison, pride. If you can name it, you can overcome it in the power of the name of Jesus. He said, whatever you ask in my name, this I will do. Not that we get the glory, but that the Father be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. So as we leave this place and we go back into our, do you know, it's so safe being in church, isn't it? It's so safe being around our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ and we can all hug each other and pray for each other and sit in the warmth of God's presence. But when we step out of this building and into the world, we come against opposition. We begin to face the reality of what the world has to offer, the temptations that come at us. We're reminded of the, the struggles that we maybe left at the door before we came in and we pick them all back up again, don't we? And we're dealing with all kinds of illnesses and sicknesses and challenges and struggles and circumstances and situations in our lives. And they're coming against us. And we're dealing with, with people saying things about us. And we're dealing with people judging us. And we're dealing with people trying to tell us that what we're doing is worthless and pointless. When we step out of this place and into the world, we've got to remember that we don't go on our own. But that we have the Spirit of God living in us. And we have the authority of heaven when we declare over our circumstance and our situation, be gone in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And so when we pray, let's pray to the Father. Let's pray to him through the Son. Let's pray, pray over our circumstances and our situations in the name of Jesus. And when we pray in his name, we better be praying with faith. You know, when Peter said to that man, get up and walk. When Peter prayed over that man in Jesus' name, he wasn't hoping it would happen. He wasn't wishing it was. He wasn't thinking, mm, what if it doesn't? I might look a bit awkward here. He prayed in faith in the name of Jesus. Get up and walk. 
Not, I'm going to pray over you and we'll hope you can walk. Not hedging his bets and saying, this might work, this might not work, but I'm going to give it a go. No, we've got to pray with faith, with expectation. We've got to pray with the understanding and the knowledge of the truth that there is power in the name of Jesus. He is with us. He is for us. He has got your back. He is in your corner. He is fighting for you. If you pray over a situation in the name of Jesus, whatever you ask for in my name, whatever you ask for in my name, I will do it. If it carries a name, we know a name above all other names. And so we can overcome it. We can overcome it. And so I'm going to pray now and uh, maybe some of the, the prayer team can come forward because I think what we need to do is pray over some of these things that can be named. And so if you're dealing with something that can be named this morning, whatever it might be, I want you to come forward and we're going to declare. We're not going to hedge our bets. We're not going to hope. We're going to declare in the name of Jesus with all authority that comes from heaven that these things that can be named will come under the authority of the name of Jesus. We're going to break some stuff in this place this morning. So why don't we pray? If you are on the prayer team, please do come and just stand at the front so people know where they can go. So Father God, we just thank you that you are with us, that you are for us, that you are in our corner. We thank you that your name is above every other name. That there is nothing that can overcome us, that there is nothing that can defeat us. And so this morning, what we're going to do is we're going to pray in the name of Jesus the mighty and powerful name of Jesus, the name that is above every name. And we're going to pray with the authority of heaven. We're going to pray with boldness. We're going to pray with courage. We're going to pray prayers that move God. And so Holy Spirit, we wait on you right now. I pray that you would highlight to each and every one of us areas where we need prayer. Those things that can be named.